1: He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister.
2: It's woo. Goodman Greetings and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> Please accept my warm welcome as as I'm gonna be real here. I need you, the listener. Cause without you, I might as well, you know, be in my lazy boy recliner watching another episode of Dave on Hulu. Uh, you know, Season 2 is pretty good. Not as good as any Atlanta episode, but still not bad. But anyway, the, the point is there has to be listeners or there is no radio show. I have been told this recently in the most heated terms by management. So I, I guess I'm coming to buy in that, yeah, I have to attract at least a couple listeners to stay on the air. So if you know of a friend, family member, or neighbor, could you hit them up uh, and ask them to tune in right now? uh I don't think pets count with those Arbitron ratings, people. I'll, I'll check after the show, but I'm pretty sure live humans are the target audience. Yes! So if you help me out here, I will owe you guys. Okay. Well, right now I need to introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Could you give us a heartfelt guffaw?
3: Oh, absolutely. Here goes. <laughs> oh, not too shabby, huh? I'm feeling good uh, about that guffaw yeah, it, yeah actually it might have been one
2: of your best right. not your not your all-time best but still not bad oh. thank you um, and and now let me acknowledge our show's temporary permanent co-host Gerald Holcomb before you say anything I was thinking of a really effective and efficient way for you to communicate on this show you'd be allowed to express yourself anytime you want for as long as you want uh, I think this will make you very happy wait, 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 as what, I what,
4: was What? Are you serious? Because this is wonderful news. I've been waiting for years for this opportunity because I have so much to offer this show as I am such a yeah, wasted yeah, yeah. resource. Yeah, okay. You know, well, always, don't, don't don't get
2: carried away. Don't get carried Come away, on. all right? What, what I was referring to when I mentioned this opportunity was utilizing the option of you communicating in sign language. <laughs> No, no, you, you, you uh, know, pro- uh, provide a service for our hearing-impaired listeners. It's, yeah, <laughs> government leaders use them at press conferences. I may not be a mayor or governor, but I am a talk show host, so that, that's nothing to sneeze at. So it would help out if you could do this. What do you think? Oh, okay,
4: so so I would have to communicate solely through sign language? Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know sign language or and on a radio show and by the way even if we were on tv it still doesn't make sense as i've not been taught this skill having someone untrained using sign to express themselves could be very risky i, I could put out some very inappropriate language <laughs> with, without <laughs> even knowing it. well no it's true no 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 this will not work you you cannot be serious
2: Oh, yeah, man, I'm totally serious. No. This is a clearly, clearly a win-win for everyone, especially our
4: listeners, and, and not just the hearing-impaired ones. And it only makes common sense. It would take me many months, possibly a year or longer, to be fully fluent in sign language. What would I do in the meantime on the show? Well...
2: I think taking a leave of absence until you were up to speed on this would be the best course of action. You you should talk to human resources, and if and when, you know, you returned with this knowledge, maybe you could teach me, as it may someday, or I may someday, you know, have a friend or relative that's hearing impaired. It's a great skill to have.
4: What? What? Yeah, I'm... No, no, I, I will not be taking any leave of absence, but that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Well, hello... I'm still
5: sitting here waiting to be introduced. Do you want me to introduce myself?
1: Yes.
3: Clearly, you're being ignored, honey. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
5: I will, Dorothy. Thank you. So, I am Chance the Intern, the most popular person on this radio show. That can be verified at our station's website for the non-believers out there.
2: Yeah, you know, numbers aren't everything. You know, I wonder how those listeners who supposedly like you more than any of the rest of us would feel if they had you know, to vote on who they would want to hang out with for, say, 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, you'd be lucky to get one vote chance. Even if my aunt could, like, vote... In which she couldn't, actually, because she's an employee of the station. I don't think she'd oh, vote for oh, you. Oh,
3: I'm not really an employee of the station. I've been doing this all these years as a favor to you, Spud. I don't get paid being the yeah, designated laugher on yeah, this program. And now, I'll be honest, the only reason I'm still serving in this capacity is to spend more time with my sweetie Chance. No offense, dear. Um, that saddens me deeply to hear, Aunt Dorothy.
6: I think the reason why is I've just been,
3: like,
4: so unhappy. Oh, So, I, I'm going to speak with my voice here, and, uh, oh, okay, maybe someday down the road I would consider taking a night class on sign language. Okay. It, it would look good on my resume, uh, you know, at my other job at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South
2: Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. Uh, that free plug was not necessary, man. Well. Anyway, I wanted to discuss a topic that everyone experiences each night. And sometimes it's a pleasant experience and sometimes not so much. I am referring to dreams. They can be incredible or, or totally boring, you know. The, huh. But the, gr- the great dreams are amazing. Stuff that you'll always remember, you know. I, I know some of my most memorable romantic experiences were in dreams. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I just... I've had a lot better luck, you know, with women while, while sound asleep, for sure. There's no doubt about that. i
3: got to be real. Oh, and I, and I think the women in your life liked you a lot better when you were sleeping, Spud.
2: Yeah,
3: I'm, that's you're probably right, Aunt Dorothy.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to discuss dreams? Yeah. Why? Well,
2: I read some article that said our dreams can tell us a lot about who we really are. Uh, you know, as there are like an involuntary uh, experience in our minds that we're maybe afraid of participating And That's what I read huh. you know, while we're awake. Did, did, did you know that we dream three to six times each night? That's a lot of freaking dreaming over the years.
5: I just go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning. If I do dream, I don't remember anything when I wake up, but. If I do actually dream and I'm not aware of it, I know that all of them would have the love of my life in them. Dorothy.
3: Oh, that's so sweet, babe. You know, I do dream each night, and you can bet you are in most, most all of them.
5: I hope the chance in your dreams is someone I can live up to in real life. I don't want to be a disappointment to you.
3: Oh, the chance in my dreams could never top the chance in my daily life. No need to worry about that. Honey, you complete me. You complete me. Uh,
2: you know, that third-person reference chance about yourself a second ago was just uncalled for. I, I threw up in my mouth uh, with that lovey devy talk, too. You know, can can you just keep your bedroom communications out of the workplace, please? The, that stuff is just, I don't know, it's just... Bugs the crap out of me.
4: Uh, Well, hey, uh, Spud, now that the subject's been brought up, I will admit that I am an active dreamer at night. Uh, I've never discussed this with anyone, but my dreams are often... well quite exciting and a uh, very adventurous. Yeah, well, You no, know we, we don't really have time one-
2: no, now to hear about your dreams. Oh, no. I need to play some music right now. So let's let's start it off with this rockabilly legend Ray Smith. He was born in the state of Kentucky in 1934 and uh, tragically took his own life in 1979 at the age of 45. He had a number of hit records in his career. This one is titled Shake Around. Here is Ray Smith. <laughs>
1: To and let your body start a moving, shake around. Now the cats all start to stew when they see my baby do the shake around. Oh, your cheeks that stick to cool, you better learn how to do the shake But when the record starts to move and let your body start a moving, shake around. When all the chicks will start to spinning around But when the record starts to groove and let your body start to move and around Well, you gotta the around a little baby, you gotta move a little baby And then you kick around a little baby, you gotta slow it down a little baby Cause when the record starts to groove and let your body start to move and around Ooh, yeah, yeah! It's you a know, funny feeling about the rock and it really take it around When the cats will start to grin and all the chicks will start to spin and take it around When your girl starts start to groove and let your body start to move and take around Well, you gotta shake around a little bit
2: Uh, is this uh Mr. Tommy Chung? Who's calling? oh uh, this is Spud Goodman. You remember me? Who? Spud Goodman Who? Uh, I kind of have a radio show. uh. Uh,
7: Spud's not here, sorry.
2: Uh, This is Spud Goodman.
7: Who's calling? Spud Goodman? Spike Goodman. It's Spud, S-P-U-D. Spud's not here. This is the Spud Spud Goodman Goodman Show. show. (laughs) Uh!
4: Spud, your first guest, Sanjay Gupta, is waiting to speak with you. Now, how did we get him to come on our show? Well we got lucky, I guess. Yeah. You know
2: he is my most favorite doctor in the world. I, I'm really excited to speak with him.
4: Yeah, I, I know you watch CNN a lot. Yes, I, I, so wonder, I, do. I, I wonder why Fox News doesn't have someone like him on. You know, I have a lot of medical questions too. It, it would be nice to get some answers from them.
2: Yeah, I don't know if medical science is, is a real priority on that channel. Uh, Besides, you know, hearing what animal medicine is out there for people, you you might want to go elsewhere, though, for your, like
4: human health care needs? Yeah, oh, well, we've stocked up on that drug they talk about so uh, much, uh, ivermectin. Oh, no. Oh, yes. we, we've stocked up on that in the Holcomb household, and it's a real Swiss army knife kind of medicine. It works on all sorts of illnesses. Well, just don't start
2: whinnying or, or, or snorting or something during well. my interview with, with Dr. Gupta. So just put him through.
4: Yeah, here he is.
2: Say hello to neurosurgeon, CNN medical correspondent, and best-selling author Dr. Sanjay Gupta. It's an honor to have you on our show.
8: Thanks so much for having me, Spud. Really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I get more medical advice from you than my primary care doctor. Thank you for your assistance in getting us all through this challenging time we're in.
8: <laughs> well, like, I hope your your doctor's returning your calls at least. But um, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to do my my best and and. First of all, educating myself, just spending as much time as I can reading and digesting all the, you know, science that's coming in, and then trying to make it understandable for myself, for my family, and then hopefully for anyone else who's listening.
2: Well, you do an excellent job. So let me say, you have a new book out, uh, World War C, Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic and How to Prepare for the Next One, published by Simon & Schuster, and now available everywhere books are sold. Now, contrary to what some believe, this is not a one-and-done virus, and it'll be with us for a while, along with other potential threats. And and that's a big part of your book, correct?
8: Yeah. It, it It is a big part of the book, the fact that there's these new pathogens that are out there. I mean, we live in a world, uh, as humans, we live in a planet that's full of pathogens. It's always been the case, but as our population has grown and we've expanded more into various habitats, the more pathogens sort of jump from animals to humans. What I think struck me the most, Bud, was that as I talked to scientists all over the world and people who are responsible for pandemic preparedness and, and safety, um, you realize that these emerging pathogens they are here to stay. But pandemics don't have to be. We can can avoid those pathogens turning into pandemics. And it's actually not that hard. There was a pandemic preparedness plan in in the United States going back to 2004. And had that still been in place, um, we essentially could have been pandemic proof. It's not to say that we would have been totally inoculated or insulated from what happened, but it would have been a much, much smaller impact, a fraction of the impact that it was. So how do we continue to get people to invest in, in prevention it's hard it almost requires instead of thinking about the virus as like a weather event it's a hurricane nothing you can do about it you're mm-hmm. going to hunker down instead of thinking of it like that if you think about it more from a strategic defense sort of standpoint and say hey you know we always bolster up our defense even in during times when we're not at war you almost have to think about pandemics that way as well or potential pandemics mm-hmm. and if you do you can even put a price tag on it, which is about 30 bucks per citizen. Um, we could essentially become pandemic proof. And that's what I really wanted to, to get out in the book. It's an optimistic way of looking at things. And I felt optimistic when I was hearing this. And I thought, why not share this with, a, with an audience?
2: Well, that's good to hear. Um, well, do, do you feel misinformation and the rapid spread of it is a, is a major threat to public health around the world? Because it seems like the bogus stuff spreads a heck of a lot faster than actual medical facts.
8: I've been stunned by this but you, know, I, I, I've been a reporter for 20 years now, so I'm you know there's young reporters who are coming up that they've lived in this world much longer than I have, or they've lived in this world for a greater percentage of their career than I have. I, what I think I'm amazed by is that there's always been misinformation out there, as long as I've been a reporter. I think what's hard now is that it's become increasingly challenging to distinguish good and bad information. They they can be treated the same. There's this sort of democratization of all information out there, Mm -hmm. all these different outlets. And I'm a big fan of more information. I think most reporters are. We think information is is key. But I think not only do you have more misinformation out there, but you have disinformation, which I think is is strategically bad information. It's information that's put out there for just to sow chaos just to sow doubt in people's minds. And it's really frightening. I yes. mean, if you go Google anything you want, you know, vaccines will kill you. Google that. You will find an article that will give you confirmation bias. See, here's an article. I got it right here. Why would I take the vaccines? They kill you. You know, and, and that part of it, I find really, I find it really scary, actually. I find it scary for my kids in particular if they're living in a world where they can no longer tell the difference or the difference is not clear anymore between bad and bad and good information that 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 shouldn't be a key that shouldn't be a thing for for them but they're gonna have to probably fix that problem but right now it's something that's i I agree with you is one of the more significant issues throughout this pandemic
4: i'm sorry spud but i need to interject here seriously i yeah i so agree with your point about all this misinformation going around I would use the example of those uh, inaccurate reports that Donald Trump lost the election to Joe Biden. Yeah, I did. Well, we all know Trump won in a landslide. And I I know you're skeptical, but I could send you some links to articles that back this up if if you're interested. Uh,
2: uh, Dr. Gupta, I I just need a quick moment here. Sure. No, I'm not interested in reading any of those fairy tales oh, posted fairy tales. in your Facebook groups. Uh, you know, you really should unfriend Vladimir Putin. He and his lackeys are playing you,
4: man. Just get off the damn internet. Oh, listen, the truth is out there, Spud. You just have to uh... open your eyes and ears to it. I know you've been vaccinated, and... I haven't yes, mentioned I have. this previously, but there are a few simple procedures you can do to unmagnetize yourself. Do you want me to send you the how-to directions that I found on YouTube? But it, it, seriously, it's easy. Again, no. Now let me get back to Sanjay.
2: Alrighty, I have returned. Thank you. How does it make you and your fellow healthcare providers feel when you, when you see... Public I- uh, health icons like Dr. Fauci become a political target and, and require security details. It must make you very sad to see.
8: Yeah, it, it, does, it does make me very sad. I mean, you know, Dr. Fauci is someone I've known for a long time. But leaving aside our personal sort of connection, I mean, you know, I used to think to myself, okay, let's say I was an alien coming to visit planet Earth from another place, and my goal was to figure out who are the most trusted people on the planet. Who are the most trusted people? I started making my list. Oh, people who take care of children—they'd probably be at the uh, high on the list. People who are, you know, public servants would be high on the list. People who've, who've really dedicated their lives, sacrificed their lives in, in order to serve others—they'd be high on the list. Scientists like Dr. Fauci, forty years a scientist, dedicated his whole life to trying to protect people against infectious diseases like HIV, AIDS, right. SARS, and. Ebola, and and obviously now COVID, and that he gets treated the way that he does, like you said, death threats, not just him, but his daughters. He has three daughters like I do. And I mean, I can't, I can't even believe the guy's 80 years old and his, his, and his daughters, you know, they've known him their entire lives as this, this, this man who's dedicated his life to science. And now what they will remember of him for a good chunk of his life was that he had to travel with armed security. Because because of his work, people wanted him to kill him. Yes. What kind of world do we live in if if that's the case? I I, just it's, it's really I find it really disturbing. Even if I wasn't a reporter on this pandemic and I was just just thinking of this just as a citizen of the world. Yes. That that is that is jarring to me. I'm
2: really sad. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, well, on a more positive note, Sanjay, you, you would have to be the nicest neurosurgeon in the world. I mean, who wouldn't want you to operate on their brain? Is there like a super long waiting list for your patients? Because as you have two jobs, <laughs> really like three as an author, too, you must have great time management skills.
8: My, my. Uh, well, I appreciate that. My, my time management skills are... are um they're okay. They're not great, to be honest with you. I, I you know, I, as I mentioned, I have three teenage daughters. My wife. Um, I work all the time. But so I work huh. all the time. I, I just do, and I'm not. I'm not advocating that. I'm not proud of it. I'm, I'm really not. It's not a strategy for for a good, happy, successful life. And I hope not to be doing this um, that level of work. You know, at some point. But I think you know, right now in my life, between this pandemic, being a being a medical person at an international news network in the middle of a pandemic is right you can't sit on the sidelines you've got to be a 100 percent engaged and there's so much information coming in on a daily basis i just have found it so imperative to to be able to take in that information digest it and try and make it you know understandable for people right at the same time maintaining my medical practice you know and and trying to be a dad, you know, I mean I, I uh I haven't taken a vacation in two years. Yeah. And I hope to, by the way, maybe even later on this year. But um my time management skills are not to be emulated right now. But um I think there's certain times in your life when you just think the work's so important, you've you've got to you've got to lean in a hundred percent and that's that's what it's been like the last uh you know since the beginning of 2020
2: well we're all relying on you i hate to add more pressure here but anyway all right i know you got to go so let me remind everyone you have a new book out world war c lessons from the covid 19 pandemic and how to prepare for the next one published by simon and schuster and available everywhere books are sold we really want to thank you so much for coming on our show
8: what a pleasure thanks thanks for having me great conversation
2: there you have it dr sanjay gupta
4: This is a Spud Spud Goodman Goodman Show. show. I
3: think that this is your way of telling me something.
4: So, before I was rudely interrupted earlier, as I was mentioning, how exciting, well, it was kind of rude, but I was talking about how exciting my dreams are, Spud, some mornings, I just hate to wake up before I know if it was if I was like the first man on Mars or if I invented something that was the most popular thing in the world and I was about to be on the cover of Time magazine. It was yeah, well, being on the cover of Time isn't uh,
2: what it used to be like. You know, I I think ever since Trump made up his his own fake cover years ago to hang in his office, uh, the buzz on that went kind of in the toilet. Are you sure in that dream you just had someone, you know, make up a fake one like Trump did?
4: Absolutely not. I was the legitimate choice by the editors at Time Magazine. In my dream, I was the most successful entrepreneur in the world. And people, (laughs) you can laugh if you want, Mrs. Jarvis, but people treated me like I was royalty. And I don't remember exactly what I invented, but it sure seemed like people were really impressed with me.
0: And only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're a liar,
5: too. <laughs> Gerald, I can't see you as a successful entrepreneur. Well? That takes creativity and ingenuity. I took a Business 101 class my first year in community college. I know what it takes to be successful and. You just don't have those skills.
4: <laughs> Chance. Yeah. yeah, You clearly don't have a base of knowledge of what it takes to be a world-renowned entrepreneur. It's way above your head. I got a B-minus in that class, so yeah,
5: I do know, and you could never be one.
3: Oh, honey, don't bother with him. He has no idea of your intellectual capacity, your brilliance. People like Gerald mm. will always challenge others who are more gifted
4: it's just pure jealousy. Yeah, Mrs. Jarvitz, I am not jealous of Chance. Huh. Uh, listen, I'm a grown man, and he is, well, frankly, he's kind of a, a young, wait, upstart. Wait, wait,
3: wait, wait. He is now twice the man at his age than you are today. Ooh. You know, I know that you're threatened by the younger, more dynamic males not around threatened. you. I get it. But Chance is a black swan. They broke the mold with him.
8: I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there.
3: What mold would that
2: be? Uh, Like a lippy, disrespectful little whippersnapper mold? Uh, Maybe it's best that mold broke.
5: No need to defend me to these over-the-hill senior citizen geezers. I don't hold any anger against them. It's more pity, really.
2: Uh, Yeah, okay, Mr. Dynamic, can can we get back on topic here? Come on. That article on dreams I read, said this is what I, yeah, I got to jot this down. A dream is a succession of images, ideas, emotions, and sensations that usually occur involuntarily in the mind during certain stages of sleep. During a life, you know, a typical lifespan, uh, a person spends a total of about six years dreaming, uh, and, and most dreams last only five to 20 minutes. Which is a drag, I gotta say. Uh, as almost every, you know, uh, you know, let's call them romantic dreams I, I have, uh, they the end before the good part. I guess there must be some scientific reason why I, I've never, you know, had an actual happy ending.
5: That is messed up, yo! Uh, yeah, another sign at your age, your body is telling you it's all over, man. At least the good parts of life. You know, if I ever did dream of Dorothy... I would not wake up without both of us being 100% satisfied.
3: Well, that doesn't surprise me, sweetie, as you are such a giving lover. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you too. Okay.
4: I don't think this conversation's appropriate. Well, you know? I, no, I, I, I'm with I, him on I, that. I don't think dreams were intended to include carnal activities. <laughs> no, I, I'm not with you on that. Th- well, no, I, and, and I'm That's not sure if the dreaming dreams. about sex outside the marriage is an actual. Uh, sin, but I, I would advise you to try to keep those types of dreams under control until after the wedding, just just to make sure. What's your name, scumbag? Uh, dude, one cannot commit
2: a sin while asleep. Well. That's not possible. Uh, I get it when you, when you aren't under the influence of alcohol. Certain behavior, you know, might be a legitimate sin you know, if you believe in that kind of thing. But I don't know. But but that's the stuff that goes on in your mind when you're sound asleep.
4: No way. Spud, a sin is a sin. No matter how hard you try to spin it like like a biblical lawyer, God sees everything, even your dreams. You, You can't get away with impure thoughts at any time of the day, including while you're sleeping.
0: No Bible stories for you tonight.
4: Yeah, I don't believe that. Dreaming is
2: one of the most fun and economical things going on in life. It costs nothing. It's one of the the few really cool activities that not only rich people can participate in. Like, I, I bet my dreams are just as good as, say, Warren Buffett's.
5: Maybe, but people like you and that Buffett guy are so old you can barely get to sleep having to get up so often at night to pee. So, no way your dreams would be better than mine if I ever do start dreaming. My mind is a highly tuned machine, so I know they would be incredible. Like an IMAX movie, and I know yours are like watching a lame, non-HD TV show. (laughs) That's not even funny. You know, my mom told me she grew up without HD, so you guys must have grown up without FM radio too, right? What was it like only having AM to listen to?
2: FM radio was around in my lifetime, kids. Your attempts to portray me as a caveman will not sell. Yeah, I'm not that old. But but yeah, okay, I, I didn't have an iPhone or Netflix growing up. My parents didn't give me a, a new laptop every few years, and, oh, oh, and I had to get by without an Instagram account.
4: But I survived just fine. Courtney, Chloe... Yeah, uh, Chance, I'm surprised you're so biased against older, more knowledgeable people than yourself as you are involved with a woman that could be your grandmother. You know, it's, it's somewhat confusing.
3: Hey, hey, you don't have to answer that, babe. There will always be others who question your relationship with me. Just take the high road.
5: Here's the difference. Most older people are stubborn and resistant to change. Dorothy is the opposite of that. She's the hippest person I've ever met.
3: Why, thank you, honey. Yeah, I was going to talk
2: about this dream I had the other night, but you guys got me off topic, and I'm just going to have to wait until later in the show.
0: Don't go away, or you'll miss the amazing conclusion of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief timeout. We now return to more action packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
2: Okay, getting back to the music, I was thinking there's a lot of buzz about employers having a hard time hiring people these days. So I figured this tune right now would fit nicely, you know, in this moment. It's by Dr. Awkward and features Schaefer the Dark Lord off their 2013 release, Blank Pages. Here is Now Hiring.
6: To match wits with someone with plans yet still gon' get your ass kicked I'm searching for that man, I need one to be the joker to my Batman Tell me, are you clever and cool? Do you want to force the world up under your rule? Are you at least 5'8", it's rather specific, but this I can't break About me, I'm humanity's savior, vanilla ice cream is my favorite flavor and I work a nine to five, so I'd like to fight crime from like six to nine. Are you evil? Tell me how's your laugh. I'm seeking someone with a troubled past. Destroy the world is all you desire, and it's pick for pick and face no reply. Dear Craigslist, seeking Mortal Kombat have secret identity that nobody can know, secret supervillain with a fire within. I'm now hiring a fire within. Priceless seeking mortal foe Have secret identity that nobody can know Secret super villain with the fire within I'm now hiring inquire within Hey there, I saw your ad. Is that position filled yet? If not, please consider me and my specific skill set. Eager self-starter, diabolical, scary mad. I'm the type of man that you're looking for. Very bad. Verbo, sociopathic. Yeah, I'm a sexy group. Just under six feet. Just over in my exosuit. You should see my island there. It's kind of a holy place. Collection of bloody capes displayed in a trophy case. Tell me, you roll with the team or only solo so far? You got a sidekick? Cool, I've got a crowbar. And a master's in murder with a minor in killing. My favorite sounds a tie-between explosions buildings and crying children. Weaknesses? Hmm, I guess it's hand-to-hand combat, my henchmen will handle that end of the contract. I look forward to this. Hit me up before a match. (laughs) P.S. How's that? Pics and references attached. Dear Craigslist, seeking mortal foe have secret identity that nobody can know. Secret supervillain with a fire within. I'm now hiring a fire within. Dear Craigslist, seeking mortal foe Have secret identity that nobody can know Secret super villain with the fire within I'm now hiring, inquire within Dear Mr. Dark Lord, thank you for your interest. I was ecstatic when I read about your henchmen. You've got plenty of fight alone, I trust. Reference the funeral home, that was a nice touch. Honestly, sir, I'd love to meet. Maybe we can get together for a bite to eat. I know a wonderful place, it would be my treat. And we could finish out the night with a little bit of justice. Dear Craigslist, seeking mortal foe. Have secret identity that nobody can know. Secret super villain with the fire within. I'm now hiring. Inquire within. Dear Craigslist, seeking mortal foe. Have secret identity that nobody can know. Secret super villain with the fire within. I'm now hiring. Inquire within.
0: spud goodman show it has some merit
4: uh spud your last guest mark pellegrino is holding for you all right you know i really dig the show this guy is on
2: american rust on showtime uh, Mark co-stars with Jeff Daniels and a bunch of other really talented actors. Great cast. You know, I, I want to blitz through the series, but they only put up one episode a week. It kind of gives you blue eyes after you watch one episode
4: because you want more. Y- y- you know, Spud, you seem to have an insatiable appetite for TV programs and movies. You really need to get a handle on it. it- it's not healthy.
9: And I'm probably not going to like you, no matter how many pull-ups or push-ups you do.
3: Well, Spud has always been obsessed with TV shows. I know. Well, yeah. And, well, and really, more so than with movies, yeah. as he seemed to bond with characters who were on shows that aired for years. It seemed they became his extended family. Am I right, Spud?
2: Yeah. You know, well, you know, hey, I, I did always consider Captain Kangaroo a surrogate father, as, as my dad was never home; he was, was always gone, and and for sure June Cleaver as my alternate mom, as my mother was was always playing bunco, you know, with her friends at their place. She was, you know, she was gone a lot, as you remember. So, you know, TV can fill the gaps in in, in a kid's life. But anyway, just just put Mark through, please.
4: Yeah, here he is. <laughs>
2: say hello to actor mark pellegrino thank you for coming on our show yeah
7: thanks for having me on
2: yeah so you are now co-starring in the showtime series american rust airing sunday nights and available on demand full disclosure i am into this show as it is really well done it's based on philip meyer's novel give our listeners the basics of the storyline if they haven't seen it yet
7: <laughs> yeah it's about uh, <clears throat> two families who sort of live on the fringes of the american dream and a fictional Rust Belt town called Buell, and uh, a murder happens in the town and turns the two families on their heads. So, that's, I guess, the thumbnail description.
2: Okay, super. Well, Mark, you're, you're a veteran actor with a very long credit resume, but but I, but I have to start with this question. You were in The Big Lebowski. Did you have any idea at the time it would become one of the all-time cult classic films in history? Did anyone see this coming? That must have been a blast on the set.
7: <laughs> it was great working on it. I'm sure the Coen brothers uh, knew what they were doing. I had no idea it was going to be as great as it was. When I read the script, as a matter of fact, I was thinking, well, it's no Fargo, because Fargo had just come out. and it was such an amazing movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: And um, I really thought it would fly under the radar. Um, but, you know, as I was working on it, I saw the amazing things that Jeff was doing, um, who I mainly worked with. And how awesome the, the the visual sense was of the of the directors. I got a sense that this was going to be something special. And then when I saw it on screen, it blew my mind.
2: Have you have do you, do you ever like go back and just watch it again? Because I mean, I've seen it probably a hundred times, but
7: I do. Um, it's one of the few movies that I'm in that I I do that, <laughs> um, um, and it, it's really fun. It, it is like a sort of like an onion. You get something more out of it each time you see it. Um, so I think that's what
2: makes it a classic.
7: It's something that you could you could view 50, 50 times even and still not get everything that there is in the movie out of it.
2: Heck yeah, for sure. Um, well, you know, you, you've moved back and forth uh, from regular TV work and appearing in films. Is there any preference for you?
7: I mean, the crossover now is, um, <coughs> is seamless. You know, uh, feature film directors are doing uh, television. I mean, John Dahl, who directed uh, mm-hmm. many of the episodes and was executive producer on Rust, has done so many feature, great feature films. And and um, and that's just happening across the board. I think the streaming world has opened up television. You know, I think at one time television was sort of... Uh, it went through a golden age, but it was considered a step down for a... Um, for a film actor to go into the into the television world, but but now it's there's it's seamless, you know. The, the, there's some there's such amazing TV out there now, and and cinematic uh, DPs are, are are working on it. Uh, film film directors and and major A-list stars are of course turning to TV and. The, the, the beauty of it, you know, if you get a show that lasts for a while, is you have a regular gig. You know, with a, a movie, you're you're on for a couple of months and then you're off, and then you know, you're itinerant. You're in between, you're in between jobs, and mm-hmm. uh, something like this, you know, you have a long period of employment. And if it's fortunate enough to go for a, a few years, you know, you you have a, a stable home hmm. for for a few years, and that's always a, a great
2: thing. Right. Yeah, I did notice John Dahl directed the first couple episodes, so uh, yeah. uh, Well, let me me ask you this. In the series Supernatural, you played Lucifer, okay? Did you find yourself taking that role home with you some days? Like, were your friends and family ever afraid of you? (laughs)
7: Uh, Luckily, I took the role home with me only after Lucifer had sort of changed his character from the big bad to the impish uh, joke player, you know? So uh, I... I I would un- I would prepare for the role uh, by p- playing practical jokes on people around me, and my wife was mostly the person around me, so she got the brunt of that. <laughs> so I didn't bring home the negative parts, just okay. the, just silly, uh, just the silly fun parts.
4: Okay, all right. Well, I had to ask, uh, Spud. What? Well, I have to jump in here and say it is so wrong that any show would portray Lucifer in any fashion as he was and is the most evil entity in existence today as he is all around us as we go through our day and if you don't adequately rebuke him he has the power to take over your life um uh mark
2: i need a moment here Dude, it was a TV show. It doesn't matter. Supernatural. Not a pro-Lucifer propaganda piece. You know the devil has been featured in a ton of stuff, uh, material, over the years.
3: He's always getting airtime. So what the heck are you complaining about? Yeah, Gerald. Mark played a character Lucifer on a network TV show. What's the big deal? Well, I'm just very sensitive to Hollywood
4: glorifying the devil. We all know movie stars eat babies when they can't get their <sighs> uh, when they're at their big swanky parties, oh you gosh. know. I, I'm just voicing my concern about suddenly making Lucifer a good guy who's misunderstood. That is not accurate. Okay,
2: I get it. You're on the record as being not a fan of the devil. Yeah. Now let me get back to Mark. Alright, I have returned. Um, in 2010, you appeared on the ABC series, ABC series Lost for eight episodes. You know, I, I asked cast member Harold Perrineau uh, if he understood the storyline during filming and often he said he was as confused as we fans were. Did you ever have to ask in table reads what the heck was going on before you went for the camera?
7: Uh, you know, I didn't even know quite what was, yeah, I didn't know quite what was going on with my character either, and they were never forthcoming, you know, with, with story. And I, and I think that's because um, there was, the fan base was so passionate um, and, and really into trying to get spoilers. And uh, in fact, when I auditioned for Lost, I, I auditioned for a completely different part with different sides. And had no idea that i was playing the part of jacob until i landed in hawaii and met michael emerson he said ah you're our new jacob that's how secretive they were about um stories and storylines leaking out so what, if ever an actor asked like i did you you, you discovered as you went along you just you just had the script in front of you worked immediately on that and sometimes the director <coughs> would give you a hint like oh yeah like that like uh jesus the carpenter that's it and so you'd get a little hint of the the direction they wanted the character to go in but no sense of where the character came from or where he was going
2: hmm. all right um
7: somehow it all worked out
2: though yeah god i was thinking also that uh, life on the set on lost in hawaii must have been a real drag but anyway all right um
7: right yeah living in waikiki isn't yeah
2: well you know i read that i read this on the internet so we know it's true um i read that you describe yourself politically as a radical capitalist how would you describe that
7: as somebody who thinks that um that uh, the, the purpose of society is to protect freedom and choice and as a rational being or as a potentially rationally rational being liberty, uh, the purpose of liberty is to help you, to promote rational action, Mm -hmm. So, and that's the best economic slash political system for that, even though it has a a terrible name, um, for various reasons, is capitalism, which just means free ownership of your property and sovereignty over yourself.
2: Okay. All right. Well, I know there was a reference in there that maybe in the past you you had, uh, the term libertarian was used, and I believe you. What I also read was, you and I would agree with what I read. I don't know if it's true that you said it was somewhat of a. A recipe for anarchy given that government is there is a need for some government or that you know the trains would never run uh, ever on time or whatever if they ever did but you know what I'm saying so yeah I, 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 I was well, there'd interested be,
7: there'd be no property in the trains so they probably wouldn't run because, yeah. because you know anybody with the biggest guns could take them over
2: yes yes so anyway I, I, I found that interesting
7: yeah, yeah libert- libertarianism libertarianism is a is a political system without a moral a compass mm-hmm. and uh, I think politics is downstream from ethics so you do need you do need government to, to keep bad guys in line <laughs> That's, you know we're not angels as our founders said and, and because there's no angels we need government because uh, there's no angels in government we need constitutions to restrain them so um, the an- the idea of the anarchist is sort of a, a, I don't know, a contradiction in terms of, you can't have a society of, in anarchy
2: Yes. Uh, uh, let's agree with. Let's end this on that note because I totally agree with you on that. Well, let me say again that the series you co-star in, American Rust, is airing Sunday nights on Showtime, and it is well worth everyone's time as it's really, really good. So thanks a bunch for checking in with us.
7: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's great.
2: Mr. Mark Pellegrino. <laughs>
1: My, how time flies.
2: So before the show is over, I wanted to talk about this dream that I had, as I still can't figure out what it means. Uh, that article on dreams said that they can be interpreted, you know? Uh, like afterwards about what, what they really meant. It, it said that that Sigmund Freud dude, uh, you know that guy, you know, everybody knows who he is. Um, the theory of dreams suggests that they represent... Uh, it says, unconscious desires, thoughts, wish fulfillment, and motivations. Well, what is the question? I mean, that's basically a fancy way of saying dreams may mean something important. So ever since I learned this, I have been taking a few minutes in the morning to evaluate you know, what happened during the night. Uh, you know, It's helped me understand why certain things keep coming up in, in most of my you know, dreams a couple times a week lately. It, it's, it's given me a, a bit of peace of mind.
3: Oh, I wouldn't read too much into this dream analysis thing. I know some field dreams do reveal things we may not consciously be aware of, but I think most dreams are just random thoughts, and it's a waste of time for you to dwell on them. I mean, once I had a dream about Donald Trump apologizing to everyone about being such a jerk.
1: Really? I'm a very stable genius.
3: And after I woke up... I turned on CNN, and I saw him say something about that stupid wall, so that brought me back to reality real quick.
1: Yes, we're going to have the wall, and yes, Mexico is going to pay for the wall 100%.
5: Dorothy, I'm not the jealous type, as you know, but I hope you don't dream about too many other men. What we have is so special, you know. We can talk about this further after the
3: show. Oh, babe, I don't consider a dream about Donald Trump being anything to be threatened about. I mean, if I remember correctly, the dream ended with Trump grabbing some teenager in a short skirt who was walking by it was a harsh moment before waking up yeah mrs
4: jarvitz donald trump would never grab any female without their permission <laughs> everyone knows about that fake news of him talking about grabbing women by their private parts well it was so untrue grab by the the liberal media continues to lie about that story. Uh, hey, I, I don't want to go down the, the Trump locker room
2: talk rabbit hole right now. I, I want to discuss oh. this dream I had, okay? Oh. It, it was incredible for, and for sure a big you know boost for my ego. I, here, here's kind of what it was. I, I was in the middle of a love triangle. Yeah, both Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Lawrence uh, were fighting over me. It, it kind of got out of control with a, a bit of hair pulling and nasty name calling. And at first I was really flattered, yeah, but soon that turned into embarrassment as there were a ton of people around us, you know, watching this all go down in the dream. And some young, smart-ass frat boy dude yelled out that Jennifer was way too young for me and that Angelina was way too intense for me. And, you know, yeah, okay, the guy did have a point there, but it, it was my freaking dream. I don't know why he came up in it, but you know, Angelina does, does scare the crap out of me, all right? I mean, she, she used to be a cutter, but but still, you know, being desired by two beautiful women was pretty cool. And, you know, I, I, obviously I know this probably could never happen in real life, you know, when I'm not sleeping, but you never know. I mean, Angelina was with Billy Bob Thornton, who was a guest on this show once, uh or at least once, and I, I, I think he's older than me. I, I wonder what Freud would say about that dream.
1: I don't know what the hell's going on with my body. I think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely.
5: Maybe it means that you're having a mental breakdown coming to grips that your life is about to be over, Ugh. and the best you can do is dream about being with beautiful women. Now, myself, I'm blessed with having a real, live, beautiful woman in my life. Dorothy,
3: Oh, and I'm blessed to have you in my life, too, honey.
2: Uh, A chance I still have a few good
4: years left. Uh, No need to rush me off the stage if you catch my drift here. Uh, Say, uh, Spud, I'm being told that we have a caller on the line about the topic we're discussing. Uh, Do you want to take it?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he or she won't give me, you know, crap about movie stars fighting over me. I mean, because, you know, talk show hosts h- have the right to have dreams that are not ridiculed by others. I'm sharing this in good faith, all right? I mean, it hurts to have others think you're some kind of creep for for what goes on, you know, in, in, in your dreams. I, this is, I don't know, it's, it's maybe it was too personal to throw it out there, but I already did. So put, put the caller through. We'll just, yeah, caller, you're on the air. Right now? Yeah, yeah, um, right now. You're on the um, air
9: okay so i was listening to you uh talk about dreaming and i wanted to say that not all people dream you know uh, well your intern chad mentioned he's not aware of dreaming that's a chance uh, but, son, but i'm, chad, I'm picking up this judgment that if you don't dream then you're some kind of a freak and that's that's really offensive I, that's uh,
0: frankly offensive
2: I, I never insinuated that but you know, maybe that Freud dude might have said that TFE was still alive, and that's possible. I have to do some more research on
4: him. Hey, uh, caller, don't feel ashamed if you don't dream at night. I mean, yes, it's highly unusual. Uh, there might be a medical cause for this, like uh, you were dropped on your head as a baby, perhaps. Uh, there could be a valid neurological disorder that prompts this.
3: Or he just might not be that imaginative. One must have an imagination to dream. Yes! And very few are so involved like my sweetie Chance. His imagination is so highly involved, he isn't even aware of it, working at such a high level, day and night.
9: Hey, I can imagine stuff. Uh, that's why I'm calling. I've shared with others my inability to dream at night, and
2: okay. I've gotten a really
9: negative response. You labeled it as uh, well. I, I get labeled as a simpleton or an idiot lacking a brain. Well, and you know, I'm I'm pretty smart, so okay. that's just not true. And I need to speak up for those who don't or can't dream for for whatever.
2: Okay, man. I mean, you. <laughs> You're really defensive about this. I just brought up the topic as I had this incredible dream, and I was just thinking, you know. There uh, you go,
9: bragging about your so-called incredible dream with no thought to how that would make the non-dreamers listening feel. That's like somebody who owns a Maserati talking about what it's like to do 0-60 to in 2.7 seconds. You know, there, there are a lot of people who will never drive a Maserati. Most people own a Kia or a Honda like I do. So it's kind of rude to be talking up how neat the experience is. You know what I mean?
2: No, Caller, I really don't. He has
5: no sense of anyone else's feelings. Well Spud is kind of tone deaf to anyone
4: other than himself. Uh, Yeah, uh, Caller, have you given any thought to being hypnotized and explore what's actually going on in your mind? My neighbor is a hypnotist. What does that have to do with anything? Well, uh, listen, he took an online course actually, but his Facebook page said he can get to the bottom of just about any emotional or personal problem one might have. I can give you his contact information after the show if you're interested. Maybe he can help you learn to dream. I I gotta say, it makes sleeping such a fun experience.
3: Oh, except for the reaction my sweetie Chance gets after scary movies. He can't go to sleep. He stays up all night. And I worry about him after we are done watching them. I will admit, I do love scary movies, but everyone is wired differently. Oh, I hope you don't mind me sharing that, honey. For those out there who also have a difficult time after watching those type of movies.
5: Oh, no. I'm okay with you bringing it up as it may help others who maybe need to leave a light on in their rooms. Isn't our pants yet? I'm not ashamed to admit it, and neither should
9: they. Yeah, well, I'm not afraid of horror movies, okay? I'm just trying to represent uh, those who just plain sleep at night without any any added dreams
1: yeah, okay. or okay. nightmares. Right.
9: I I mean the point of it is to get some rest and not be freaked out or brought to a, a sexual frenzy while catching some disease, You know. You dick.
2: Yeah. Okay, man. We get it. Uh, people who don't dream. Do not deserve being judged as inferior creatures, you know, who maybe you know don't have an ounce of creativity or imagination in their bones. Does, does that sum it up? Because okay, I, uh, okay, point made. Regardless, we're out of time, and you have to go. So uh, yeah, please don't call. Yeah,
4: hey, mm-hmm. but please, I, yeah, uh, you know, it's too bad uh, someone like that guy has to go through life dreamless. I, I do feel sorry for him. I don't, and he probably gets a lot better sleep, you know, than me. With, uh, all the times
2: I have to get up to pee, and, you know, and, and, I, and I also, when I I whenever do have a really great, dr- you know, erotic dream, let's call it that, uh, then I wake yeah. up, and that's a real buzzkill, because let me tell you, it's it's hard getting back to sleep, trying to, you know, take it back up where it left off. Uh, especially, when, I don't know, you, you come to grips, is what I'm trying to say, that everything you experience, the really, really, uh, exciting stuff, it, it never really happened. You know, stuff that blew your mind was just a, you know, a, a fake moment, never to return again. That is the definition of tragic. Ooh, yeah. So I think I made my point. So oh, let me close this show right now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao.
1: Bye bye.
4: It's just that. As well as dreams uh, about sexual activity outside the bounds of marriage, it's still a sin. I want you to know, all my romantic dreams only involve my lovely wife, Rachel, and they always take place after our wedding vows. And if you're listening right now, honey, I can't wait until tonight when I go to sleep and dream about you one more time, and I'll be home soon, dear.
0: Copyright 2021, Spud Goodman Productions.